Greetings. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. We have a very special guest on our show, and you're going to be introduced to him today, Mr. Jeremy Gardner from New Zealand, a beautiful, amazing human being that has selflessly created so much wonderful content, education, insight, and music for all of you and all of the world to get to experience and be illuminated by. So he joins us and I would say, and I think that you're probably going to agree with me because we just were talking about it, that it was such a fluid and beautiful conversation Mm-hmm. that we have with Jeremy. I first came across Jeremy's work on his YouTube channel about a year ago. And the subject of fairies and uh, all of the magic and wonder of the natural world and this other dimensional reality that, you know, is the fairy realm has been such a theme in my life um, for as long as I can remember. And so reconnecting with that was such a beautiful experience. Uh, I did his entire Guide to Fairyland uh, series, which really helped me to uh, hone some skills and to really put my intention out there for connecting. Uh, it came at a perfect time because a couple of years ago I had a very vivid experience um, in a lucid state where I connected with two fairy beings who clearly seem to know me and I am wanting, of course, to be able to have further, greater connection and it was just such an amazing experience and one that I'll never forget and I Um, continue to process but it was just perfect timing of course you know as as is everything I mean when when you're seeking uh, answers they just appear and sometimes they just appear in the form of a magical wizard that lives in New Zealand (laughs) well we spent a lot of time in our conversation with Jeremy talking about the fairy realm the fae and yet we didn't really get into, we were kind of having this conversation between the three of us with a certain mutual understanding of what that is. And I think it probably would be good to just, if you're not familiar, I mean, let's get real. Who isn't? Who isn't familiar, familiar with the fa- with fairies mm-hmm. and where they came from? So in case you don't know, even the word, we use the term fae, we use the term fairy, we use the term uh, fairy realm, the fairy kingdom, the uh, fairy land. Uh, you're going to hear these terms. And let's just take it back, though, on the root of the word fae and fairy, which comes, it's derivative for the word fate. And f- the fae, the fairies, um, this dimension of reality, it, it's really they are in a higher dimension of reality vibrating at a faster rate than we are but here on earth okay they're very much a part of 
nature and the elementals and these this relationship with the consciousness of mother earth and so they're in a just slightly variant dimensional space from us and the veil is thin and Mm -hmm. thinning more every single day i think that's why uh, definitely within my social media world I, the fairies and the fae are so hot right now. I mean, everybody, <laughs> I know, but everybody is talking about it. It's on, it's like, it's kind of coming in. It's like, remember how last year fluorite was like the big mineral. <laughs> everybody, every post had their fluoride in it. And so it's kind of like that. And I, I always look at that, like not as a trend or as fashion, meaning something that's kind of going, I look at that as a positive sign that people are awake and they're well, tuned I look at in. It is kind of like a shared experience exactly. that everyone's having. Right, right. And so we're all collectively agreeing and we're like, oh my God, this is so cool. I was out on this hike and then this happened and I felt this. Mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't matter how people are waking up to this, but yet the reality of it is that humans and the Fae have been interrelated for eons of time. And we are... Our ancestors, uh, humans that have come before, had a much closer relationship, and there was a much higher degree of belief. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there were so many written beings. accounts. Mm-hmm. Well, and a reverence for fairy beings. There were rituals and, you know, all kinds of celebrations and things that were designed to kind of unify the two worlds. And uh, great measures were taken, mm-hmm. you know, to include the fairy beings. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know, just like with all things, something kind of took a little bit of a turn. It's, we took a turn. Well, That's what happened. The age of quote unquote reason, <laughs> another wicked arm of Team Dark, if you will, <laughs> in creating a framework to keep us separated Seriously. and divided. And mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be in nature and we're not supposed to be communing with the elementals and everything in at least Western civilization has been giving this like this has been the push. So mm-hmm. now the reveal is happening in the sense that more people are awake and aware, vibrational frequencies are being raised left and right. People are remembering they're remembering their own connections mm-hmm. and they're also, I mean, everyone is, is coming online with these gifts mm-hmm. and the, the invisible is becoming visible and it's changing everything. We have worked with so many clients that are either of the Fae, it's very clear that gets conveyed to us in a session and or their team, their guide, their team of guides include a lot of Fae. And so we've had a number of years where we have worked with them in, in these various capacities. And it's this conversation that we have with Jeremy today is so illuminating. Mm-hmm. And he was asked, mm-hmm. he was invited into fairyland and he was asked to be an ambassador to be an ambassador just as we've talked about in previous episodes with et contact and when we're doing that kind of work and we're reaching out with our consciousness and we're attempting to make contact you are an ambassador right jeremy there there's many realms (laughs) 
of dimensions of reality, of extra dimensional beings that we can have contact with. And the fae or the fairy realm is but one. And Jeremy was asked to come in and be a bridge and to be a teacher and to bring this information back to this side of the veil and to share this. And he created such a beautiful and concise and informative and awesome series Mm -hmm. that series on youtube where he is just it's a beautiful gift he's given uh, Mm -hmm. the the tools he's done the research he's done all of that he's been following his own excitements and what he's guided to do and you all know how much we love to talk to people Mm -hmm. who are doing that who have done that and and jeremy is definitely uh one of those human beings and without further ado Here's our conversation with Jeremy Garner. Well, hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Well, um, today on this episode, we have somebody who is speaking to us clear across this beautiful planet. Uh, in New Zealand, and he is a musician, an artist, a channeler, an author. He has such profound gifts, and we love him so much, and we're so glad he's here with us today. Mr. Jeremy Garner is here on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. (laughs) I appreciate it. Well, you're amazing. Every word was true. True (laughs) times 10. Yes. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing great. It's, um, I've only just recently come back to New Zealand about a week or so ago. So I'm just adjusting to the different energies because I've been in America for more than a year. And it's it's been quite a big adjustment to try and get back into this energy. But it is really beautiful right now. Things are going, going well for me. Where in New Zealand, which side are you on? So there's the South and the North Island, and I'm in the South Island okay. in a little town. Did you grow up there? Um, I did, yeah. Born and bred. Born and bred here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have one really important question that I'm sure is on everyone's mind, which is, okay, have you been to Hobbiton? No, I haven't. I actually wish I had. I would love to visit there. Um I know that they have it sort of set up in the North Island, I believe. Um, but no, I have not actually visited that yet. I really do do want to do that. You you need to go there and take some pictures and send them to us. <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? Like you can live in New Zealand your whole life and <laughs> not see something like that. But yeah. Okay. Let's talk about New Zealand. Um, okay. Never been there. But it is known throughout the world for having beautiful, pristine nature. Mm-hmm. It does. It has very beautiful nature here. How has this impacted your deep abiding connection to Mother Earth and the fairies? I think immensely, but I think in ways that I wasn't aware of until um, experiencing other areas outside of New Zealand. And one thing that I was really shocked by in going to America was that a lot of the nature places there are actually 
equally, if not more beautiful in many cases, the mountains and the and the forests that I explored in America were some of the most beautiful and ancient things that I've ever witnessed. And I wasn't aware of that because you don't really see that as much um, in the media, I guess. Mm -hmm. And and the energies are very different. They're almost not comparable. I feel that New Zealand has this very, um, very, I don't know how to describe it, actually. It's just, it's a very, like, um, it's a place that is very different and separate to the rest of the world in its own way. It's mm-hmm. It's got its own energy that you don't really feel well, it does in other feel places. Like that. It does energetically feel yeah. like that. I mean, I think I've tried to separate my own perceptions of New Zealand. One, because I've always wanted to go there, but it's also formed by how many you know, people, the movies that are shot there, we have it in our mind of seeing all of these Mm -hmm. aspects of it. And then of course we're huge fans of, of Taika and of Jermaine and of these, you know, of of having this different (laughs) perspective of, of their point of Mm -hmm. view of New Zealand. Yeah. And yet when we were, we were discussing this and talking about you growing up there Mm -hmm. and living there and, how we view it, it does. It just seems like it has its own, like completely. And probably maybe is that just because you are these islands and you're kind of separate from everything. And yet there seems to be a whole different kind of, of, of magical vibrational. It just feels like ancient magic. Like are there natural vortexes of energy there? There are definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's like one place that I went to, in New Zealand where there was a, like a mushroom ring and mm, there was this big, beautiful ancient tree next to it. And I stood inside the mushroom ring and then I looked up and the tree was just swarming with these little energy patterns and orbs mm. and sort of gray blobs that would just swirl all around and they, and they just swirled all around me. And then even once I had stepped out of the ring, um, they completely, affected my reality for hours and I I had to drive after that and I actually had to pull over because I couldn't physically see through the <laughs> through the um window in front of me because it was just completely overtaking my vision wow. um, which you might you know it could appear to people if they were experiencing that that they were actually about to faint or going through some kind mm-hmm. of um mental thing but I that honestly it happened after I after I stepped in that mushroom Mm -hmm. ring and I know it was connected to that Mm -hmm. so there is definitely these vortexes and sort of portals here that I have discovered and I think that they have been um paramount in me discovering what I have about fairies Mm -hmm. and there's also just this overall energy from being so close to the ocean you can really get to the ocean from almost anywhere very easily and quickly Mm -hmm. and just having that always around um has deeply affected the energy I think oh yeah I, I would think there would be no doubt about that, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to back up for a second because I want to talk and ask you about how your original connection with the fairy uh, realm began. Like, what was it? Did you... I We have lots of questions about that, but let's just go back to, mm-hmm. like, the beginning and talk about how when you became like completely aware like your never turning back moment Mm -hmm. like this is what this is (laughs) oh yeah 
I mean, I was always into fairies as a child, even, and just I they were always so fascinating to me, and I always wondered about them and and um, had a lot of interest in them. But it wasn't actually until around I'm guessing 2012 or somewhere around there, maybe a little later, um, I I started to connect to them through. There were, I basically had a large collection of books on my computer, and I and I just. I decided I was going to learn everything from those books about everything that I could. I just said, I'm going to like learn everything that I can. And I was living a very introverted lifestyle at the time. And I thought, I'm just going to like study everything and just learn everything I can about every subject, which was the kind of thing that I go through. I kind of sometimes think that I can do everything and I don't really understand how how big that is to do. So I started with the with the first book that just kind of you know drew my eyes at the time, which was The Fairy Way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book has been very, very crucial to me in uncovering and learning um, what I did about fairies. So I started reading through that book and I started going through all the cross-reference texts and reading all the books that it mentioned in that book and so on. And I just started practicing everything that I was reading. And I never ended up reading another book out of that whole collection. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you needed. I pretty much, yeah, that was it. That's all I needed. It was like that, that really got me in touch with everything. And then I could learn everything from those, from those other worlds that I was able to access. So it was kind of funny in a way, because I, I actually was able to tap into a great amount of knowledge just through that one book. Um, so that, that really did help me on many levels. And then I was able to connect to to the fairies and I started to experience them firsthand very quickly actually after putting my mind to it and yeah that's where it all started it just it just happened from there so why did you get all these books um I had just basically I just had I just downloaded a lot of Mm -hmm. books at one time because I was just interested in a lot of information Mm -hmm. I just wanted to um, explore okay, information so, like when you're reflecting back on your childhood and or earlier times mm-hmm. uh, you know in your life did you already have an awareness of the existence of these beings had you already felt d- deeply connected to them yeah your I mean whole life I I'd always been interested in them and very um I felt very connected to them and I and I believe that I'm ultimately I've had many lives there uh, in Fairyland, and I think that I was I was very connected to spirits in general, and I was able to communicate with spirits. But I hadn't had um, clear experiences with fairies as a child, um, other than just general magic that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. I I was just always a very sort of magical child. Putting I would crush certain rocks and then like put certain colored crushed rocks together with others in certain ways to create spells and <laughs> things that would change reality. And I was always doing things like that, but, and I had this connection to the other realms, but I wasn't um, specifically communicating with fairies until I was a little older. So you talked about like have, feeling this connection, would you say that you have a, a, a soul agreement with the fae to be you know, almost as a messenger, as a, as a, a, a person, bridge. a bridge. Oh, a bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and actually that's worth mentioning because it's something that I um, failed to mention here is that in 2011, prior to me actually finding that book and all of that, I did have a visitation from the Fairy Queen in, uh, in a dream. And she basically woke me up into fairyland and she told me that I was to be a messenger for their lands and that I was this in-between being that was um, here to bridge the two worlds. And that was a very deep experience and it's it's something that I intentionally don't always talk about because mm-hmm. it's actually very hard to even remember it without getting emotional because it's a very, I, I wrote like a not a very good song, but just a song about it in which I say something about um, my heart gives me pain whenever I speak of the something magical night that was gifted to me or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, and it is, it does give me pain every time I think on it because the beauty there Mm -hmm. is just so different to what we are used to here. And it's very melancholic Mm -hmm. and joyous at the same time. And it was just this very beautiful experience that's almost too hard to think on because you just, you just, um, it's hard to, to, it's very enchanting. It's very hard to think on it and not be. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say we're very limited by our language of being able to even to describe that. And then once again, it's like, it's, it's, that is such a pure feeling state of being able to try to convey that. Words mm-hmm. just really don't. I mean, that's it's it's a it's a profoundly spiritual experience and heart yeah. uh, connecting experience. And um, well, and also just I mean, I know from the dreams that I've had of connecting with other beings or remembering other lifetimes on other planets or other dimensions of reality and. I don't really know what the right answer is. I mean, of course, it's important, you know, it's important as we're all um, becoming more multidimensional to to have those awarenesses. But it's also like as a human being, it can make you feel really sad and have this deep longing, the deep longing. Yeah. Exactly. It's that longing feeling. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just feel like, wow, I didn't even know that. And now I know, and now I miss it mm-hmm. and it's making me feel sad. So exactly. thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there is like music associated with it. A lot of very sad violins and vowels and it's just this whole kind of very deep experience. And, and she just kind of, she smiled at me and she told me this whole thing. And she also did tell me that um, I was to tell the world about it. You know, it's it's not one of these things that was supposed to be this secret or anything, um, which it has been in the past. There have been people that have experienced these things throughout all of history and they have not been allowed to talk about them because the fairies will um, take them away for doing that. And and they or or in some cases, that'd be in a in a time frame where you would actually get killed for for knowing or saying Mm -hmm. certain things. Um, So, you know, it was like, it's a very different experience in this case, because I was actually told that, that I was to tell the world about it and that I was actually here to, to bridge those worlds and that they, they did consider me this middle person. Mm -hmm. And I, I was born as a middle child on February, which is like the second month. And also the 11th of February, which is two. And there was always, everything was always the year I was born also equals two so it's like two 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 there's always these like middle 
double things for me. Mm. So I've always been kind of an in-between sort of person. That's interesting. That's interesting that you've had all those realizations. That's really cool. Okay, so can you explain from your perspective, what is your understanding of the nature and structure of the fairy realm in relation to our dimension of reality? Um, I think that it is basically just a kind of higher frequency. It's something that it's in a place where um, it's just another dimension. It's It interpenetrates ours. And I think in many ways, it's more about how you change your perception in order to see it. So it's like, it's already there. It's already right here in front of you. It's all around you, but you have to kind of tune into those energies and be able to see in the in-between. And it's, I I guess the best way to describe it is kind of like how you see a rainbow. You see, you know, you get just the right amount of that sort of in-between world where there's like cloud and sun and rain Mm -hmm. and you, and you just, it just glints in that perfect, that perfect way to create uh, this rainbow that you can see. And I think it's kind of like that. It's like, you just have to get the perfect combination and, and, and your perception in just the right way at the right time. And then you can see it. Do you think that it's been like, what have been the things that have come about since, you know, let's just go back even to the 18th century where there was a much more deeper, keener awareness. People are more tapped in. They're not so distracted by all of the other things that quote unquote modern life has given Mm -hmm. us that kind of dampens our perceptions a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so, because I'm like reflecting back just let's just from the historical nature of what we know that culturally collectively that, people at the turn of the 20th century were fascinated by fairies, right? Mm-hmm. We had the the, mm-hmm. the, the infamous photographs of, of, of this and then the people of people having this awareness and then being in so many places. And then like, there are these different ideas that the collective has that we, on one thing, like it's like with ETs, right? If, if you were to mm-hmm. ask people whether or not, they believe in ETs. We know where the numbers are percentage wise is mm-hmm. that the majority of people believe in the existence of extraterrestrial right. life. Right. And mm-hmm. so, and, 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 and when you begin to talk to people about their ne- phenomena, they may call it phenomena or there may be mm-hmm. sightings or this or whatever, but they also, there's this core knowing of the truth mm-hmm. of it. And yeah, Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to also be right now at this time because we experience it with our clients. We experience in our sessions that there is such a deep connection with that realm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you to have come and, and, or to have been invited, I should say, you were invited mm-hmm. and you were asked to do this work by the Fae that, um, bringing this information forward at this time is so important right now because it is all kind of coming together in this Mm -hmm. way and people are beginning to make these higher level connections. But it just seems like the day used to be that you, everybody totally believed in the existence of fairies. Mm -hmm. They did because they were actually 
a lot closer to this dimension and often would even come into this dimension in ways that were very tangible and physical. So um, you would be able to, to see them. And a lot of people have experiences. You can really read a lot about those in the uh, Fairy Faith in Celtic Countries mm-hmm. book, for example, where there's just thousands and thousands of experiences of people seeing them and experiencing them. And, and this wasn't even that long ago. And mm-hmm. Right. There has been these big changes that have happened. And as people got more and more out of touch with nature, um, that has had a big impact on it um, and less and less respect for them and things like that. Um, also, there was, like you said, the, the belief in them was very important because there were constant rituals or things that people were doing or things that are now viewed as superstitious that were actually being done in such a way that was encouraging to the fairies. Um, and so there was just this overall belief in them. And I think that that was a powerful time. And then like the photographs that you mentioned, I don't know if you were talking about the Cottingley fairies, yes, but that's the one. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So like that was, that was at a time again, where you're seeing this like great, resurgence of belief in fairies and actually at that time while people were believing in those photographs that was a really powerful time for fairies because there was a lot of belief in them and a lot of that uh, understanding of them but then what happened is that they obviously discovered that the photos were fake Mm -hmm. and then what that actually did is created this this ripple effect of actually quite the opposite and it and it destroyed people's belief in the fairies and it made and made them feel that they had been tricked, much like how a child is taught to believe in Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and then they find out that it isn't real, and then they don't believe in God anymore, mm-hmm. and things right, like that. Right. So it's like, because of that, the fairies were very upset with that whole situation. And I mean, I've actually been told by the fairies that they that they trapped those, they trapped that those girls in one of the photographs. Um, and the only way that the and basically in the fifth and final photograph, which is the only one that was ever said to be actually authentic mm-hmm. by them, their souls were trapped in that photograph. And the only way they can be freed is for people to actually believe that they are in that photograph. And of course, nobody will believe that because they themselves have created this inability to believe in fairies and so they basically wanted to teach them how that feels and so mm-hmm. they're kind of trapped in that photographs for a certain amount of time wow uh, until the world does believe in fairies wow. again so it's like that's the kind of things that fairies can mm-hmm. do and that's why they're considered mischievous they do it for teaching you lessons and giving you an experience of what what kind of things you're doing and how you're affecting the world with your words and it's like a higher dimensional schooling you know, yeah. Well, they're going to hold exactly. people accountable. I mean, you don't get yeah. to play that car. You know, you don't get to be like mm-hmm. that when there's, you're moving into these higher dimensions of reality, and there is yeah. less opportunity, not opportunity, but you are going to have resistance if 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 you do not have transparency and authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, basically, those girls really sort of created a lot of humiliation for people that were very renowned, like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and things exactly. like that. Exactly. You know, and, and these were very spiritual people mm-hmm. that, that, you know, really, really believed in, in it because they were right to believe in it because there really were fairies around that area. Mm-hmm. It's just that they were, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. deciding to create this fake image. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, the, the joke was on them. <laughs> 
Yeah. Let me know what it feels like to be That's trapped in a photo for eternity until the collective decides to believe in fairies again. Which good for them because this is where we're headed. I'm like, you know, we need yeah. to start a campaign. Free, they need to go free them. That's where we're headed. Free them from yeah. the photograph. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it will. It, it's always to lead to the benefit of all in the end, and and that is what will happen. It's like everybody will benefit from it. It's not designed to be this malicious thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It's not entirely as bad as it sounds. It's just, it's just that's part of the mischievous right. nature of the fairies. Well, I know that my mother, and everyone's heard me on this podcast make reference to my mother, who I loved more than anyone on this planet. Um, but my mom was very religious, and it was Staunch very, Catholic. very difficult for me to grow up with my special gifts and abilities that it was made very clear to me let's just say that her belief system was that all of that was the occult and demonic and you know whatever Mm -hmm. word you want to put around that so I mean I that is not something that I really shared or talked about with her but the one thing that she did completely believe in which I find kind of funny and this whole you know getting connected with you has made me revisit a lot of this um (laughs) which has been awesome was that you know she totally believed in fairies like fairies were a huge theme in her life I mean we had fairy stuff all over she would tell stories she wrote a novel um, wow. And That's so cool. she grew up in rural Pennsylvania in the woods. And I'm just going to say that intuitively, I totally believe that she had her own experiences with fairies because it doesn't make any sense at all that she mm-hmm. would have such a belief in, in that. It well, just completely goes like against it, her right. entire nature and everything <laughs> that I knew of her. But she was very connected with nature animals injured birds would find Mm -hmm. her from all over oh my gosh yes our favorite coffee table book that i have sitting right here which you inspired me to get out the one uh, the big book of gnomes was like our only coffee table book and i would just come home from school (laughs) every day and look and read and just i mean just that's wonderful was obsessed and so like fairies was like a safe way for me to connect with my mom in that way. You know, we could talk about Mm -hmm. magical things. We could talk about, you know, all of these things in that way. And it was such a beautiful way for me to connect with her. Yeah, that's a beautiful doorway. Like, as you're saying, if if you are sort of unable to go into the occult and everything, but she doesn't consider fairies to be in that category, then that really does. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I can imagine how beautiful that would be it would be very magical to be able to share that i mean a lot of religious people really consider the fairies to be the fallen angels Mm -hmm. and i think that there's an aspect of truth to it um i think i think you know it's very hard to discern between what's just religious and what's reality that there's always a hard sort of line there to not you know because there's just so many interpretations and so many symbols in the bible and things that it's very hard to know what's supposed to be real and what's supposed to be metaphoric but um but i do think at least on some level that the idea of these beings sort of being fallen angels of some sort 
actually really makes a lot of sense based on what I've seen of them. Well, I think that's interesting that you bring that up because um, I was curious if the fairies have an origin story that they've shared with you. Like, what is the origin story of the Fae? They, I mean, they really do tend to compare themselves to fallen angels of some sort, that they were cast from heaven, um, that they were cast out of a higher place. And I think part of that came from a sense of rebellion of some sort or just the the realization that they could do things in their own way. I think that whatever you call God or whatever this force is that was behind that type of thing, that that this God um, actually wanted that to happen, that that was a, it was almost like a, like a set up intentional type of rebellion where it kind of showed that you had found your true heart because you were, you were willing to follow your heart, even though you were told that you weren't meant to do something, but you knew in your heart that that was what you were meant to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that in, on that level, it's actually sort of approved of. And I think that they, um, that they, yeah, that they were of this kind of higher, higher way of being, and they came down through, through having some kind of love for the earth and mm-hmm. for the beings here, and they have come down from a higher place, okay. and and I think that that's why they they are very in between creatures. They're very spiritual and also earthly in their own way. Right. And many will say that they're too good to be and hell and they're too bad to be in heaven if you look at it in that black and white way it's yeah well i think it's that could be said for a lot of us for, exactly um I, yeah I think that's it's, why we're um, all here it's uh, i mean i'm hearing this like what i'm because that's in align with like my own personal perspective is that they are high dimensional beings that did choose to come here mm-hmm. I've, i'm still doing my own mm-hmm. uh you know, I don't want to say investigating because I think I'm really more like processing and ciphering it out. But it's like, um, you know, Melissa and I both have had our own personal experiences, our own awarenesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, of course, thank God we have each other because we can process mm-hmm. this stuff out with. But there does seem to be not just that they're higher dimensionals, okay, but there seems to be a connection with ETs and there seems to mm-hmm. be an overlap connection with the higher dimensional beings in inner earth. So Definitely. between, and then, you know, we know there's connections <laughs> between, uh, you know, inner earth and different, uh, you know, beings, extraterrestrial beings, extra dimensional beings. And so mm-hmm. there seems to be this bridge. What I, I, I think for myself in the beginning, I kind of envisioned that the Fae were, because they're so, for me, completely intertwined and interlinked with nature and the mm-hmm. elementals mm-hmm. and Earth. And Earth. But yeah. I'm 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 curious as to your perspective on these interrelationships and how is that just a higher dimensional aspect that there is all this connectivity or 
what is your perception on those connections? Do you mean connection connections to but, nature? And yeah, well, yeah, de- well, not just that, but like with ETs and a- other extra dimensionals um, and like higher oh, yeah. dimensionals in inner Earth. That that let's yeah. start with that connection first because we're definitely mm-hmm. going to be talking about many, nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there've been many connections made, obviously, between fairies and aliens because there's many similarities. Um, like a lot of people that have seen fairies have been struck down by paralysis, just like they do with mm-hmm. aliens. A lot of them have experienced time distortion where they've lost a lot of time. Um, and all of these types of things where, which people describe with fairies have also been described a lot with extraterrestrials. And so I really researched this a lot for a long time and I questioned it, but because I have had experiences with both extraterrestrials and fairies, I have been able to discern that there does, to me, at least seem to be a difference. And I know many really great thinkers and people who have really seen into other dimensions have come to their own conclusions that they are just the same beings that are able to take different forms based on what people um, need at the time to understand. And mm-hmm. so the fairy rings and things like that could be now compared to crop circles and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, I think that they're actually separate things. And the way that I look at it is that extraterrestrials are in some ways like the fairies of other planets. <laughs> and so it's like each planet has their own, um, elementals and beings that that are very much connected to certain to, to that planet. And so earth has the, has the fairies. And I think other planets have other beings that you could compare to fairies, but they're actually very different in, in their own way. And they have different technologies and different ways of doing things. But I think that they have the same collective goal of awakening consciousness. And I think that they all traverse in the same dimension Mm-hmm. and can be accessed from that same place. Um, so when you go to Fairyland, you could also have experiences of of UFOs, flying ships and things like that from that same dimension. Oh, wow. Um, and so they're all very interconnected with one another, but also separate, if you see what I mean mm-hmm. by that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your Guide to Fairyland series mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel, which is quite extensive with practices and exercises. And we just got so excited because your approach from our perspective is really like the key to unlocking the door to your own consciousness, to connecting more deeply with Mother Gaia, other realms, dimensions, star systems. I mean, it's very similar to what we would um, describe as our own technique for vectoring or doing like CE5 mm-hmm. work for connecting with extraterrestrial beings. And, you know, I just want to thank you for bringing your wisdom and this content out to the collective because mm-hmm. it's really phenomenal. I mean, it's like such a, it's, it, yes, it's about connecting with fairies, but it's so much more than that. And, and people mm-hmm. can take these techniques. And I feel like, I mean, I know in our own practice, 
it's such a theme that people are wanting to connect to their higher selves. They're wanting to connect to other beings. They're wanting, and they don't really know. There's not, you know, any kind of a, 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 you know, book book being handed (laughs) out that's saying like, this is how you do this. So we just wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate your gratitude for that. I mean, it's really good to be able to put that information out there. And I've really, I don't take credit for any of it necessarily. I'm just basically taking pieces from, from a lot of sources that I have found to be valuable or that I have found to work for me. And then I just put it into my own words and I'm explaining how I did it and how it worked for me and then how you can do it too. And I think um, people really have been benefiting greatly from that and I'm so happy to be able to help people that reach out to me I always try to answer everyone and I try my best to guide people directly and I I know I also try to make sure as much as I can that there's a, a reasonable amount of information out there for free because I think as much as it is important to have kind of financial exchange in this day and age right now and everything um I still think it's very important to have information out there that's available to everyone. And I think if I had been putting money on there, that there would have been a lot of people that would not have connected with them. And I think that's so much more valuable in many ways to have people being able to experience it. And I know that just from comments that I get that people are very grateful and understanding and appreciative of that fact. And I think that's, it's really wonderful to, to have this group of people all around the world Mm-hmm. waking up to these realities and accessing these worlds um, through that information. So I, I really appreciate your gratitude for that and understanding of what, what it means to have that out there. We appreciate because we like to, we're researchers. I mean, if we find something just like you that excites us, you know, we'll have a stack of books in no time and we're on the internet and we're (laughs) just going to town, getting all the information that we can. And so putting it together for people the way that you do, you kind of like offer this historical perspective and, you know, this is Mm -hmm. kind of like the from what, through what, to what. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, we just love that so much about this series and how you put it all together. You did the research that people don't have to, you know, because not everybody's like that. You know, not everybody is like that. That's what I always wanted growing up. I was always into fairies and I wanted some kind of clear, concise course that would just be like, this is what you do. And if you follow these steps, then this is what will happen. And I never found that um, very easily. And then to be able to provide that in some sense is really beautiful. That is beautiful. Okay. Well, speaking about going to fairyland, um, can you briefly describe your process for connecting? Is this something that you do all the time? Is it something that just kind of, uh, you do it when you're (laughs) guided to do it? Are you, yeah, it's, at the moment, it's something that I do only when I'm guided to do it. When I was first exploring it, I could not stop doing it. I kept, I kept um, visiting there all the time to, to a certain, I mean, it got to a point where I was pretty much unable to easily interact with the physical world because I was so far gone. Mm-hmm. And there's a great quote in The NeverEnding Story that talks about Fantastica which in the movie was changed to Fantasia. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in the book, it says 
that there are some people who can visit Fantastica. There, there are some people who can't, and they're saying that there's there's people that go there and they never come back, and there's people that that can't go there. And then there's people that go there and then and they come back. And then those are the ones that heal this world. Mm. And that's really how it is there because that story talks a lot about how the main character kind of goes into this fantastical land and gradually begins to forget his memories of the other world and just slowly gets more and more immersed in there to where he could have lost himself and got completely stuck in that world and then it wouldn't be as useful to bridging it. And so... For me, it's been this idea of trying to balance it out and trying to get to a place where I can visit it without being overtaken by it to where it can't completely rule my reality to where I can't function very easily anymore. I can imagine Um, it would be kind of interesting trying to (laughs) go back and forth between... Yeah. These two it is. Places. It's hard because it's well. Do you have so physical? Beautiful. I know, but then do you feel a physical sensation? Like we talked about earlier, when people have had their own, whether what whenever I'm hearing that people have had their own experiences with anything that is like ETs or the fairyland or any extra dimensionals or doing anything that there are these physical sensations because you or me, whoever is you're in a dimensional transitional state, right? And it has to have, Mm -hmm. it does because our bodies are dense. And so there's a little bit of a lag time. You're going to have physical sensations and things like that. So when you are going into, when you're going back and forth, do you deal with some of these physical symptoms or has your body vehicle and your vessel kind of calibrated up to that after doing it? No, there there, there can be those effects. So basically, that's to answer your earlier question of, of how, like, what my process is. And there's multiple processes for accessing Fairyland because there's different levels in which you can access it. So you can either, um, there is, there are ways to, to go there, um, in a much more bodily sense, a more physical sense. And there's also ways to go there through the inner planes which is what I tend to do most of the time because it's an easier way for me to not be so overwhelmed by it. And then there's also the way of basically being able to see it around you by heightening your second sight. So those are the the three main ways. And so they all kind of tie in with each other. So by developing the second sight, you're able to um, perceive fairies around you. You can just go to nature spots and with your eyes open, you will be able to perceive them in an, in another dimension. Um, and then there's also the way of with your eyes closed in deep meditation, you go into deep trance and you basically are just taken away completely, but you have extremely vivid, tangible experiences that, take place in the inner worlds and those are some of the most profound and realistic things that can happen and it's it's not just all in your imagination i mean there's things that that you see there that you you will come out of that trance and then those things will come into your reality or you will have been shown something that you will then be able to verify in the physical world like they might tell you to go to a certain spot and you'll find a certain item there or whatever and you go and then there it is so it's like there's things that 
that you learn in these chances that that verify to you that there's something mm-hmm. much bigger going on than just you thinking about it in a very lucid way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the main or the the more the more difficult one, which can have those physical symptoms you're talking about, is when you actually can submerge yourself physically into a different dimension. And I'm still learning a great deal about what that actually is or what that process is because I have done it accidentally a couple of times <laughs> and I don't exactly know You spontaneously how it, did it. Yeah, a few times, yeah. And that's actually how I've had my extraterrestrial experiences too. So I basically find myself in another dimension mm-hmm. in very physical form. It's just as real as this and it's not it's not a lucid dream because I've had many of them and it's di- very different and it's not an out-of-body experience or an astral experience because I've had them too and it's very different to that. Mm-hmm. It feels basically identical to the physical world and you cannot fly, you cannot put your hand through walls. It's all very physical, but you're not technically in the physical world because nobody else can see you and you're just experiencing some other dimensional thing and then things can happen in that dimension which other people in the physical realm are not aware of and so I have only ever experienced that in times when I have been completely alone and so I don't actually know what people would see if they were looking at my physical body I'm not sure whether my physical body itself is submerged in another dimension and I'd be invisible or whether my physical body would just appear to be asleep. I don't actually know. Um, I'm still learning about it. But during that experience, that's like I, w- I basically entered into that physical um, dimension of, of a higher density. And that's where I had my first um, major ET UFO experience where I was actually taken up on a UFO in that dimension. And it was very, very physical. And they, they took me up and flew me around and, and showed cow. me different things on the earth. Yeah, it was really quite incredible. I mean, that was like I was very shocked to realize how they how very human they looked. They were very Did, did you know where they just, were from? No, I have no idea. <laughs> just, what did it feel like? Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just so excited right now. Well, yeah, well basically they how it was is I'm lying in my bed and I I'm in a mid-sleep state and I start hearing this loud machine noise above my ceiling and I just, I can just hear it outside and I can sort of see with my third eye through the ceiling and I can see this UFO, just your normal kind of UFO with the lights all around it, you know, like Mm -hmm. very, very much like how they're depicted, just kind of zooming around. And then, um, and then I, I started waking up into a kind of, I guess I just entered into that dimension somehow. I don't exactly know how it happened. And I believed, I believed that I was in my physical body so much that I was getting my phone so that I could take photos of it. Like I was very, I, wow. I was convinced that I was in the physical realm and, uh, and I, and I went and I went outside and, and it was basically, it, it came down to the, to the yard and I went outside and it was like this big, um, like glass, tube or container type of thing that came down from from it and these beings reached out and pulled me right into it and I was just standing there with them and they looked very human and they I mean they looked just like humans but they were a little taller and they had um their eyes were what gave it away Mm. like their eyes would change color Mm. constantly and they would just have these 
this this look about them and this love and light about them mm. that just was very non-human but they were in appearance very human and i believe that the reason was um because they were actually on earth in human form to try and see what how they could influence things from down here i think so they were probably taking that form and it wasn't their real form mm. um you intuitively felt like that yeah I did. There was a lot of there was a lot of telepathy going on. Like there was very little words that were exchanged. It was very, it was something that was just everything was understood. Mm-hmm. And they were very sad. And one of them was crying and holding his arm. And they had been treated very badly by the inhabitants of Earth. And they were very surprised or shocked at how they had been treated down here. And there was a woman there that started singing the song to me uh, in this beautiful crystal voice as I was being taken around to these very desolate areas of earth and they flew me to these places and she just kept on singing about how the earth is dying and the water is dying and the animals are dying and the trees are dying which was a very shocking thing to just hear these beings say but they were very sad about it and they were and they wanted me to do something about it and I was very I I wanted so bad to help them but I didn't know what I could do and when I when I did finally wake from this experience, I just woke up coughing and coughing and coughing for minutes and I couldn't breathe. And I don't know if that was because of this, you know, change through the different dimension or through having been at a higher altitude or whatever it was, but I was, I was unable to breathe and I was just coughing for a long time. And my memory had been wiped at that point. And as I was coughing and as I was starting to just come back into reality all of the memories came back to me in this very tangible way and then I remembered everything that had happened and how it had all started and it was just this very beautiful amazing experience to go through and and that there that dimension is very that's the same dimension you can enter into to to see fairies but like I said that's that's the harder way of going about it that's like something I haven't fully figured out what like how do we even exactly do it it just has happened that story really speaks to like a matter of like our perception because you know I'm listening to you tell that story and I'm thinking like if that had happened to somebody else that would have been an abduction story you know yeah like a traumatic exactly. abduction story absolutely yeah because <laughs> because there would be no way of discerning between the physical world or not it's identical but the only way I could discern is that nobody like there are neighbors nearby and other people that would have definitely heard those sounds because they're very loud they're very loud machine noises so it's like the fact that nobody heard that or whatever Mm -hmm. was evidence to me that I wasn't in the physical world but I I couldn't personally tell the difference it was that real wow wow I know. I'm just kind of I'm spinning over here from that story. Wow! I could just see yeah. the whole thing. Oh, me too. I could see it all. I can see it all too. Wow. Well, but you are helping the earth, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are. Doing yeah, that's what that. I'm trying to do with with the fairies as well. I mean, I I believe that if people are more connected to fairies, they will also be more respectful of the earth. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And you may just be like a beacon of light and mm-hmm. these beings, these extra dimensional beings are like, oh, there's a light on there. Mm-hmm. Let's go there. Let's go yes. try He's going to relay this yeah. story, how it needs to be relayed and make yeah. these connections. Yeah. Right. And so 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's, we don't know what comes first. Is it our vibrational frequency? Is it because we've agreed to do the work that we agreed to do mm-hmm. with, that we have a unique signature that makes it where we have these experiences more often than people yeah. that are ha, are just now kind of coming on awake and aware mm-hmm. of, of these other the, of the existence of these other dimensions of reality and how they are mm-hmm. interconnected and how, you know, I mean, how beautiful that these other beings are trying to have this message of mm-hmm. like that they care, you know, about this yeah. beautiful planet because she has her own consciousness. You know, we're, li- yeah. we're, we're a part yeah. of a conscious beings existence. Well, I'm sure you know? too. To anyone else in the multiverse, it probably seems absolutely insane that we would treat our mother planet yeah. the way that we yes. do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With no, no, no connection and no awareness of how it's going to come back and bite us all in the ass. Mm-hmm. It is. It has. I know. It's true. You know. The fairies and the extraterrestrials are both very, very strict about that whole topic. Um it's a very strong one for them. I think it's very important to to protect and look after the earth mm-hmm. and to treat it with more respect and to be in harmony with the different beings that are a part of it and not just assume that it's all for us to just abuse. Thank you for sharing that story, by the way. I'm mm-hmm. blown away by that experience. How I'm long like, ago did that happen? I could just talk about that for an entire podcast, but I know that we... <laughs> yeah, that was in 2014. Wow. Um, and it was the beginning of many things for me. Um, after that, I really connected to my whole space tribe, and I was able to remember a lot of things as to where I came from. And yeah, there were a lot of things that that kind of ca- was a catalyst for. I would love it. You know, I think we've talked about this before. I've told you this, that, you know, there needs to be books written. I know you've got tons of time to just be <laughs> writing all kinds of novels and books um, about this. But yeah. like, you're just so eloquent in the way that you speak about it. And you have so much self-awareness and you're making these connections. And that's not something that everybody mm. can do. And I just, once again, I'm just going to say, planting a little <laughs> seed. You. If you could have seen our faces as we were listening to you tell that story, we were just lost in the whole thing, right? And it just opens so much up just within your own Mm -hmm. self, you sharing that. So anyway, um, okay, so when you go to fairyland, do beings there recognize you? Are they like, hey, Jeremy, (laughs) what's up? What's going on? Yeah, they they recognize me. it's a very timeless feel there. It's like, <clears throat> it's as though there's been no time that you've spent away because it's just, it's just like you've, you've been there and then it's not, it's not like you've been away from there. So they're, they recognize me as, um, they, they tend to really seem to look up to me. And I don't mean that in like some kind of egotistical way or anything, but, there's a great love and respect there. And I presume they have that for anyone that goes there because you really can't get there without being pure of heart. You can't, you can't get there with bad intentions. If you were, if you were there for 
any kind of exploitative purpose, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't even get through the gates. It wouldn't be possible. So therefore there's an inherent respect that exists there for everybody. Um, and just a very peaceful, beautiful energy. So yeah, they do, they recognize, they reach out. And the name that I'm called there is Durena. Um, and that's, did they give you that name? They did. Yeah. Um, I, I was, did they recognize you as that already? Um, I mean, they also still call me Jeremy at times, but names there are very, um, most fairies will never give you their real name. It's always just like, they just, Mm. they use different names for different purposes and their names change as they change as well. So there's names that you can call them by and they'll always recognize that as them or whatever. But there's also these kind of other names that they go by that are just, as they keep evolving spiritually, their names can change. And so that's where I'm at right at the moment with my spiritual evolution there. But my, but that name will also change. But that name basically means um, bearer of mother or mother bearer or something like that. And it's connected to the water elements a lot. And yeah, there's just mm-hmm. like a lot of things like that where I think that I think that they keep their absolutely secret name just completely to themselves as they used to do in ancient Egypt everybody would have kind of their known name in Egypt but they would also have a more mm-hmm. secret name that was right. just for them kind of thing because it was very powerful mm-hmm. and it could if others knew what that name was then they could have a lot of power of you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting when you when you're going to fairyland are you accompanied by guides your guides yeah sometimes you okay um i have i'm able to um i have i have one guy named zilka who um has accompanied me when i when i call him there um he's taught me a lot of things about energy work and healing people from a distance and things like that um he's also he i mean they're basically all fairies in a way are my guides so i'm not always with him and that's that's just one being i've had a lot of training with there I guess you could say but there's there's just a lot of um a lot of the time now I actually do go there just on my own and but I always feel surrounded by love and support and all of the beings that I meet there are basically my guides when I'm here like they're they're always around me always helping me always making sure that I know that I'm not alone and that there's no such thing as being alone on earth Mm-hmm. it's true it is true you know and that's the thing it's like we forget how connected we really are mm-hmm. and that's been by design yeah. you know we've we're breaking free from this old programming and this old paradigm framework that had been put in, put in place mm-hmm. and to create division to create separation to, and especially now it's just like that's uh, there's so many things we feel connected with you on, but being in nature and connecting through this way of, mm-hmm. of, of, of being out in that and how vitally important that is. Exactly. You know, just, yeah. It, it cannot be ever understated. 
or overstated? No, the the world is very backwards, and it's I think it, it is understated. <laughs> trying to overstate. Yeah, the, I think that the world has been designed to be backwards, back to front, and that it's all mm-hmm. it's all designed to keep us divided and not united. Um, every aspect of it, when you look deeper, it's you can see that it's been layered to try and divide us more, and they're still trying mm-hmm. to do that. And I think, oh, yeah. um, I mean, I just found out yesterday that even the word sex comes from words that mean division, to cut, to divide, to separate. And that's literally the word that we use for coming together and in this union, people having sex with one another is is literally that word is related to like section and the idea of sectioning mm-hmm. something off and dividing. So it's like, even the word for the most unifying thing is actually a word that means division. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's so many layers like that. And that's so important to have that awareness of, of the language that we use. Yeah. I think that for me personally, that's just something I, I'm always looking at what the, the root is. Me too. Of yeah. What's the origin of mm-hmm. that word? Where yeah. did that come from? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you on that word sex mm-hmm. is because it doesn't really, we're all trying to, I mean, that's another thing that's falling away, right? Relationships, what it means, mm-hmm. you know, to be with somebody, involved with somebody, intimacy, connecting. Mm-hmm. And and why, of course, Team Dark would want to pick a word <laughs> to describe something that is all about union and oneness, and making it separate. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so fascinating. I mean, I know that in my own life and in my own practice, I have been intuitively um, guided, especially in the last year, to be particularly mindful of every single word that I say. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like all of a sudden, words are so powerful. Yeah. You know, they're like thoughts are so powerful, words are so powerful, emotions are like it's exponentially just so powerful Mm -hmm. and yeah and I mean I think it's funny that so many of these words are at their origin so I I have a completely different meaning and we're just saying them over and over and over again reinforcing that concept over and over with the that by saying Mm -hmm. that's why it's important yeah 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 words words are so powerful and that's again why they don't share their inner names and there's a lot of there's a lot of magic that are found in words. Uh, the word grammar is directly related to grimoire, which is a magical text. And the idea of spelling mm-hmm. in general is just like casting a spell and all of these things. So there's like mm-hmm. a lot of connections of magic with words. And I, I personally mm-hmm. believe that we only have half of the alphabet and that alpha and beta are one and two, one slash two is half. And I, I believe that, that 50 two letters is actually mm-hmm. what is meant to be not 26 and that mm-hmm. um that there are sort of three missing vowels as well and that if we if we had those vowels we would understand how to pronounce the name of god and i think that we, nobody knows how to pronounce god because hebrew does not have the vowels and so it's just y-h-w-h and so people have assumed that could be yahweh or jehovah or all these different Mm -hmm. ways Mm -hmm. that nobody exactly knows how the right way to pronounce it is and i think that it's actually because we don't even have the vowels Mm -hmm. at all to put in there and if we did that would be a very powerful thing to have it would be like having the 
the word itself that could change the whole, change the entire planet. Mm. Wow. I know we're all lost in some, we need to get Indiana Jones on that. (laughs) (laughs) Find the the missing other parts of the alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I was thinking about this and especially when you were just talking about the, the different ways to visit fairyland from my understanding, from my experiences, when we visit a higher dimensional realm, okay, like we're usually in the astral state, right? Mm -hmm. Either in a, a deep meditative state, astral projecting or in a dream state, but we appear fully physically manifested in their realm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever or have you ever run into any other humans that are visiting there when you are? Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. recognize them yeah. as such? Yeah, for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. How can you tell? Um, like how, is it that obvious? Is it just energetic or well, because you're just so, like, actually, you know, everything? While I, I ran an advanced Fairyland course for a while, just like privately through email and things like that. And and the people that I was leading through um, different initiations in Fairyland and things like that, I, I kind of taught them how to even invoke me there. And, um, and I just... I was able to overlook some of the things that they were doing and I, I didn't always actually interact, but I was able to see them and just overlook some of the things they were, that they were doing and what they were going through and how they were doing with different things so that I was able to give them better um, responses. Um, and so, yeah, that's not something I've explored too much or, or, you know, I haven't had these, intimate connections with other humans in these lands or anything like that, but I have seen them. I've seen them wandering around. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. As you can do with lucid dreams too, of course you can, you can all meet up and dream dream Uh worlds and both come back and remember the details. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's in a, in a different dimension, but it just shows that it's possible. Mm -hmm. We used to play around with that. Oh yeah. We had a, yeah, we've had some mm-hmm. friends where we've tried to like, okay, let's all set our intention oh, wow. to go here. Did that work out? Like, there. did you have? It did. We kind of brought all three brought back different variations of the same place. core mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and oh, place, wow. but it we had different kind of vantage points yeah. and mm-hmm. angles because we were doing that with, uh, yeah, we were doing it with Atlantis oh, and. Yeah. To me, I felt like I saw them maybe as they would have been in another lifetime. Oh, so wow. I only recognized them like energetically. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like Marilyn sitting there, you know. Yeah. But I knew who she was. Right. The mm-hmm. physical appearances were slightly different because I think at the I think really we were tapping into a shared lifetime together. Yeah. There were three of us involved in this. And I, I think that's why when we were looking at each other, we saw each other as 
the the true form within that time and space and, and then we were able to draw mm-hmm. um kind of a and not a map but like a little mm-hmm. uh diagram of mm-hmm. what we saw in wow. the room mm-hmm. and the place and the space that's and, amazing and they were very similar yeah uh-huh. there was there we were definitely all in the 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 space together and it was it was quite a, it was you know, that's a real thing. And it just takes practice. This is with all of these things is that the resistance is, is lessened overdoing it with, with frequency, with, you know, just committing to it, of course. And if we're doing that, that's because our intention is there. Exactly. Just everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we were just talking about diagramming our space, have, have you mapped out your, you know uh, what fairyland kind of looks like have i've had i've had people that together people have asked me to do that and i actually i love the idea of doing that i've always i've always wanted to to sort of map it out in a way um i haven't physically done that i haven't drawn out any kind of map or any kind of um any kind of description of it all it's all in my head but and i kind of know how to navigate it when i'm there but i haven't drawn it out I have done that with dreams, though. I, I was able to have this whole experience of the Egyptian underworld at one point, and um, and I, I drew out that whole map of, of how that looked and where all the chambers were and how that all looked. It, it wasn't – I'm not a very good, like, artist mm. as far as when it comes to drawing things, but I just um, – <laughs> I tried to sort of depict it as I had seen it exactly in that experience, and – I like the idea of doing that with Fairyland as well. I think it would be very beneficial to. Um, Do you feel like you might need permission to map it out? Like you might. Do need we to need ask to find them? you a cartographer to help? Hmm. You? Yeah. I don't. I don't <laughs> know whether I'd need permission to do it. I think it would be okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't think it would be a problem to map it out, um, mm-hmm. but I do I do think it would be kind of difficult to do because there's a lot of things that shift and change. It's a very swirling kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a little hard, I think, to create. I think that you could create these tangible um, sort of points where where you could map those out. But but as far as the things around them, it's it's almost like trying to map out a tree here, and then the next day the tree's not there anymore, or the leaves are gone, and everything. It's mm-hmm. like it's changed from when you last saw it. So it's oh, kind wow. of hard to mm-hmm. solidify such an energetic Mm -hmm. realm do they what is their perception or understanding of our dimension of reality what do they what what is their perspective on that or do they just not really concern or does it yeah it's like whatever they're doing (laughs) yeah they they have some things to do with this um with this reality i'm wondering if i still have this book laying around that i i actually was asked that question and i asked it directly to the fairies and they um they answered it, but I don't know if I have that around. Yeah, maybe not. Well, oh no, here it is. Okay, I found it. So the question Yay. was, what was it again? That it was where, like, how they perceive, like, how do they perceive our dimension of reality and humans? And humans oh yeah. The, so the, the question. So the question somebody else asked me was, how do fairies see or sense the human world while they reside in fairyland, which is another dimension? Is that the same kind of question? Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, so I actually went to Fairyland and I asked 
one of the fairies there to answer that question, and he said very specifically these exact words. We do not concern ourselves much with humans. If we wish to pursue them, we will observe and contact them directly. We see them as shadows in a glass from beneath this realm. These dimensions interpenetrate only through the accumulation of senses. Affinity of will is the common thread. Our land is intermingled yet separate in the sense that we can inhabit the spiritual counterpart of earthly realms, though greatly invisible to those without the sight. If they wish to see us, they can do so if we wish for them to see us. I will add that we were once much closer than we are now, and we welcome only those pure of heart to the secrets of our land. There are some of us who concern ourselves more intimately and closely with the affairs of humans, but many of us are tired of their ways. When we wish to see them, we have but to ask and the observers report to us of their doings. They infrequently reach us, and we feel the efforts of those helping us upon the earth far more than the attempts of obliteration. You are a bridger of our worlds, and so we learn much from the travelers of both ways. The veil between us is thinning, but there is much work yet to be accomplished. So that's what they had said to that specifically as an answer. But I think that that kind of summarizes it. It's like they can see it, and they do. And I, I I would be curious to know how they actually perceive us like whether it's very physical or more like energetic and things like that they probably see auras and things like that a lot more but obviously I've never actually seen through their eyes and I only can go by the things that I've said and they're often a little vague like it's not always easy to discern that type of information but um yeah that's what I've got from them directly anyway wow well I think that that description of what was it again like through the glass oh yeah I like that too like dim yeah mm-hmm. exactly I mean yeah. that to me it's like you can see an outline but it's you know mm-hmm. I mean you There's can see it detail, but it's but not you, you know form. it's a exactly little, and then I think that was a beautiful I, I think when you when you kind of tune into their worlds and you and you visit them even in a trance state then I think that you would become much clearer to them because you would be getting into their world and because uh, I right. they don't seem to be interacting with me when I'm there as though I'm some kind of like dim thing that's just like (laughs) this smudge right well you probably really appear physically manifested it seems to be much more tangible so Mm -hmm. yeah wow that's so that's that's just amazing Mm -hmm. I mean all of it and and I I really liked or what I clued in on when you were just talking about that is just the comment about that the attempts to to connect and and to be helpful and are felt more than the attempts of obliteration yeah i love that and i love that Mm -hmm. i love that because it's it's really true for all of us in everything yeah for sure the the best thing you can do when there's a lot of negative energy i think is actually just um not even give it any attention i think that by placing your energy upon it even even to be mm-hmm. upset by it, you're, you're making it stronger mm-hmm. as exactly. <laughs> I mean, the whole world is upset by, by the president, but they like kind mm-hmm. of made that happen in a way because they put all their energy and attention upon it. It's like, it's all an yeah, energy that's thing, a, you know, that's a touchy subject over here, that's, but <laughs> yeah. we share the same kind of perspective. Right. So mm-hmm. we share the same perspective yeah. as you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we'll let that just stay there. Um, <laughs> um, what is your most memorable 
moment that you've experienced in Fairyland? Just something that greatly excited you. I think, um, I think for me, it was when I first met this tall fairy being who was very Alvin-like, called Rosaline, and she um, she played this song for me called "The Tale of Lovers Torn," and I recorded I've recorded that song, and she wrote the song just for me right then and there, and it was just this absolutely beautiful, saddest song that I'd ever heard, which I cannot possibly depict in this earthly realm. And it doesn't come close to what I heard. Not even, not even 1% of what I heard, (laughs) but, um, but it was truly just such a, such a deep, beautiful experience. And I, and I was there and there was these, uh, I could see the snow capped mountains in the background and there were, there were, there was this beautiful warm wind and the, these leaves were blowing through the, like just past my face and she's there playing this violin and there's this beautiful voice and there's just this beautiful, incredible, crisp, spiritual feeling while there's a stream mm-hmm. in the background and beautiful birds around and just, just the overall vibration and how it felt mm-hmm. at that time was just so perfect that I wanted to hold on to that moment forever. And I went back there later that night and, and it was more like, because that was during the day and it was like more in the evening and I met her again and we were kind of in this kind of treehouse thing. And it was just like, it was just this amazing experience that to me stands out. I mean, every single time that I've ever been there stands out really. Um, the very first time I ever visited it is a very standout moment for me, just walking up these great rolling hills and seeing this rock there and then seeing this creature, this very short creature just playing this guitar and introducing me to their realm I mean these these are all very magical things that stick with you like you can't get them out of your head they're just absolutely divine to experience wow wow they just yeah I mean like as you're describing them they just feel like saturated with love Mm -hmm. definitely yeah and just total freedom and peace and safety. There's a feeling there of just total safety and freedom. And there's no, there's none of that kind of time pressure or stress or worry. There's, there's not a single thing to worry about. It's just completely safe and pure. And like, I think I said to you over one of the messages that there's, there's no fences. It's not some, and, and it's amazing how when you take away fences, like even if we just did that here on this, on this planet, you'd be amazed at how different the vibration would feel. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. just that well, one we, thing on its own, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. just so inclusive instantaneously, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, once again, fences, separation, exactly. borders, yeah. keeping people separation. out. This is the uh-huh. countries. Right. Division, there's none of division, that. Division. There's obviously buildings and there's things like that. And there's, there's areas that are respected more as more private and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And there are locks and everything. But it's just like their, their whole the whole idea of this, like the idea of a certain part of the land being owned by somebody is just ridiculous it's just not how it works it is ridiculous it's, it's totally ridiculous yeah. the whole idea that we can it's like own owning something earth. that's not even yours yeah to begin right with. or like how you can you can like pick an apple and then like 
package it up and and sell it to people it's like <laughs> it's like that's got nothing to do with you at all it's like that <laughs> it's for everybody right. right well i think i and yeah. i i shared with you already the story of the um extraterrestrial beings oh that yeah we you were connected re- with you were reading my mind I was, it, yeah. it was so perplexing that people would Exactly. Buy and sell the earth in yeah. the form of stones and crystals. <laughs> Just so perplexed. And yeah. yeah, it is perplexing. Yeah. It's it's really <laughs> I know I'm using the word insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, is it is insane. It is truly. Yeah. When you think about it, and more people do need to think about it. You know, I mean they need to they need to wake up and think about those Mm -hmm. things instead of just accepting this as normal and reality exactly so within the fairy realm do they have higher forms of what we would perceive to be technology like are they how do they illuminate in the dark how do they that's a great question yeah what are they doing is it is it vastly different or is it like just you know how higher extraterrestrial being you know you're using technology in a way that we cannot truly conceive of so um the earthly element like how i was saying before how i believe in the same dimension there are some beings that are on other planets that could be compared to fairies and those are what we think of as extraterrestrials those beings are very very technologically minded and you can see that in those Mm -hmm. in the same dimension but the fairies themselves who are of the earthly element are not so technological in that sense that's not like they have computers and things like that i mean a lot of technology like what we're doing right now we're talking across across space and time through a device that enables us to hear and you can see one another Mm -hmm. as well if you have cameras and all of that but there you just don't need to do that because they already can spiritually do that through telepathy and through just simply being able to summon the person to them. And so it's like, there's a lot of things that we use technology for that are actually just extensions of what our consciousness is available, like able to do if we were more spiritually advanced. And so there's a lot, they're really like, again, even if you think of technology in the form of transport or, or, um, cars and planes and things i mean that's because we can't fly or we can't um we can't just manifest ourselves wherever we wish to be but they are able to do things like that much more easily than us so it's like Mm -hmm. they don't need the same level of technology um Mm -hmm. but they do have instruments they do have a certain level of of technology they have candles they have fires and things like that um and they do have just an overall an overall feeling that that they can connect to people and they can do these things from their with their own spiritual powers, basically. But then mm-hmm. there are these other far more advanced societies technologically in space, and that's where we get the UFOs and these flying machines and these mm-hmm. highly advanced computer technologies and things like that that are just so beyond anything we can conceive of here. And they do have that in space, and they and we are seeing those things all the time. Um, I've had some experiences with that in space as well. And they have great sort of questionnaire devices to get the truth out of people in certain ways, like for Earth that they've created. They've created devices just for people on the Earth that they don't even need 
for their planet, you know, just because they're trying so hard to get to the root of how they can help us. They've almost had to create technology just so they can help us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) we appreciate it Mm -hmm. because we need all the help we can. (laughs) We do. For for reals. (laughs) Well, speaking of extraterrestrial beings, Mm -hmm. um, you are also a channeler, which... I mean, we, we did knew, not. We, know I mean, I would consider beginning. you going to fairyland mm-hmm. and bringing back information as as channeling. I mean, in and of itself, and visiting other realms. I mean, I believe that is channeling. But I, I guess we didn't really know that you actually like channeled. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I didn't really realize it until you sent me the channeled information from the Andromedans, and so. What is your process as a channeler? Would you describe yourself as a trans channeler or conscious channeler? I mean, how how is it? How is your unique process of like getting information or or having information channeled through you? I've experimented with a lot of different different types. So I I um there was a time when I was allowing spirits to directly use my vocal cords to speak through me and I realized that it was a very dangerous thing to do. And it's, it's, um, it's very similar to people that go through vocal cord paralysis and things like that. There's, there's damage that can come from it. And it's very, it's a very unsettling thing to experience because you will just be talking and then suddenly you can't talk anymore and you stop breathing. And then while you're breathing, you hear this raspy, whispery voice speaking through your own vocal cords and when that happens it's extremely unsettling and you feel like completely out of control and it's very (laughs) scary and I was experimenting with that for a while in 2014 when I was very connected to spirits and um and I that's when I discovered the spirit trumpet which is like a device that they used in the 1800s especially for um for having it was basically just to provide the spirits with an ability to amplify their to you to be able to speak through it it's like it's like a big spirit trumpet thing i don't know if you've seen them um but they were used in a lot of no yeah you can look them up they're kind of like a thing that folds out and it's just like the spirits can speak through them (laughs) and it just enables them to because basically spirits they need some form of medium to speak through and Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like witchcraft texts and stuff that talk about how they've been able to speak through corpses or um, uh-huh. they, they almost they need some kind of vessel to do it. They can't mm-hmm. easily speak otherwise. And so people can open themselves up to that. And I think that that's a more dangerous thing to do. So I only experimented with that for a very short time. And then I realized it was not something that I should do. And I started trying to do it in my sleep and everything. And it was just very unsettling. So. Then I started to experiment more with the channeling of um, in deep trances, and that's probably the main way that I do it because I I can go into these very deep trance states for about an hour at a time, and and I and I go there and I meet beings and they just tell me things, and I'm able to write those things down, and I'm able to kind of walk this line where I can kind of open my eyes, write it down, close my eyes, and just like be straight away back there and all its tangible reality and then do that repeatedly until I've channeled things. And then what I did with the Andromedans, that was a whole new experience altogether where um, they just basically just came to me and 
and channeled through that information while I was, I was just like lying there in bed and I would just close my eyes and then I would just feel them and hear them and see them before me. And they would just speak and then I would just write it out. So it was just a very natural Mm -hmm. process. And I've also done a lot of automatic writing processes as well, where you just write and write and write until you just go into a trance and you don't know what you're writing anymore. And then you end up channeling a lot of stuff that way too. So yeah. And I've just tried a lot of different ways and I think I prefer mostly going into a trance. Wow. So how do you do your trance work? Do you get into a deep meditative state first? Um, I actually just use music to do it. And I I listen to a lot of trance music. And it's kind of funny because people always hear people say, oh, there's like trance music. But but very few people that, that hear that even think that the music is literally designed to put you into a trance trance dance and i know i know they just think it's like you just dance to it or it's just like something that you just (laughs) enjoy or it's like repetitive Uh this kick drum that's just but it's like Mm -hmm. that there is designed like really good psychedelic trance music is designed to put you into a deep trance to create hallucination Mm -hmm. type experiences Mm -hmm. where you're seeing Mm -hmm. things and it's kind of like a drug that and so I, Does it include specific hertz frequency tones do. within it? Yeah, it can do. Okay. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of layers and a lot of things that can be done with sound to put you into. So it's trance. literally altering your brain exactly. waves. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And the most potent form of that that I have found is not necessarily psychedelic trance, but it's like this band called Spangle, and they basically have the ability to they describe their music as a drug administered through the ears and you just kind of put headphones on and you listen through an album and they they just put you in a completely different state of mind and and they take you to a place that they call spangle land which is different again from all of these other places they put you in another dimension it does yeah and they and they actually have maps written out like in their latest album there's this whole map of all the places you can go to and there's just it's just a very fun place to go to it's it's very entertaining but that really what is the what's their latest album codex six okay it's it's quite amazing it's my favorite one of theirs and they really they really do they take you into a deep trance state they they have figured it out and Um, yeah. And just when you listen with that, with headphones, it can really put you in these other realms and they can, they take you on this whole guided tour of other planets and things in that album. It's a very, a very amazing thing to experience. Have you ever, um, listened to Telomere? No, I don't think I have. I'll have to check that out. Um, What is it? Telomere? Telomere. Telomere. T-E-L-O-M-E-R-E. Not to be confused with Tupperware. (laughs) (laughs) Let me write it down. So what is it? Telomere. Well, T-E-L-O-M-E-R-E. Which is also part of... uh, A telomere is also an aspect of our DNA. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. It is... Well, and I mean, we we just started... I don't even remember how we heard of it, but we were hooked in like as soon as you listen to it and it it, I don't know I I haven't really researched all of it I don't know what the intention I don't really know anything about this other than the way that it makes me feel which is oh wait I think I know what you're talking about I think Ihani told me about this is it like very like 
It's like um, it's like space music, yeah, uh-huh. kind of. I have heard but this, it, it totally changed it, my whole oh my body. <laughs> God, like, it, yeah, exactly. It it I mean, will. like from like if you fall asleep to yeah. that shit, like you better look out. You're not going to sleep. Yeah. It's like taking a hundred hits of acid, yeah, 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 and you yeah. gotta like get up and go to work the next day, and you're like, "Where am if I? If it's what I'm thinking Where did of, I go? And it, it does sound familiar. If it's the same one I'm thinking of that he told me to listen to, um, I remember experiencing that and it's like it was this vibration through my whole body it was oh, like expanding my yes. consciousness it was absolutely and your heart yeah feels like it's gonna explode I've got to go and, and then it'll just again. like back down yeah. right at the last minute mm-hmm. and then it's just like you're like what is happening to me <laughs> right yeah. now wow i forgot about that i'm glad that you brought that up again i'll have to it feels like that. all the cells in your body are like doing yeah. something that they haven't really done before i know i don't know how they achieve that it's very cool I'd like to research that a little bit more and find out really like the the story behind the story yeah. of television. Sound is very powerful. I mean, sound at the oh. right frequency and and um and and volume has had the ability to literally kill people or like completely right. make oh, them yeah. sick or anxious. All these things like that's mm-hmm. when it's used in the in the negative ways, like with infrasounds. But right. you can do a lot of things with high high frequencies. Um, Spongle have a song in one of their albums called Tickling the Amygdala and it's basically a it's a track that (laughs) it it just it does it like reaches right in and tickles your amygdala filter and it just makes you experience all kinds of weird things in your brain that that just (laughs) you didn't know you could experience you know. Well, speaking of tickling, this is kind of a funny segue, but I want everyone to know that you have these guided meditations to guide you to fairyland and I was telling Marilyn about how there's this there's this one part where you like whisper like mm-hmm. so softly you can barely hear it. It's like so soft like this. And then she was telling me Oh, about the ASMR. Oh yes. ASMR, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had never even heard of that, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. You know, I totally mm-hmm. get it. There's something very they create interesting those about that. For people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that. You can feel it in your spine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yes. just like, it's, like, it's oh, really, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. Sound is, Sound is so cool. Powerful. Yeah, I agree. It's so cool. It can well, do so I'm, many things. I'm listening to you talk about the songs that these fairies have yeah. sung to you mm-hmm. and how music and that vibrational frequency, just as you've described uh, today, how that has like the the feeling states that it evokes. It's almost like it it transcends yeah. being able to describe it with words. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a heart emotional state, and so, and and the other aspect of doing that, it's like we work with a lot of sound with our clients. We do a lot of sound oh, yeah. therapy mm-hmm. and utilizing specific hertz frequency tuning forks and Mm -hmm. specific uh tones of of singing bowls and crystal singing bowls and different kinds of other just a variety of sound tools and what that can do and sound combined with your intention or shared intention is just amplified it can truly heal you on many levels yeah oh my gosh totally yeah Mm -hmm. 
I mean, 100%, it just cuts through. It does. You know, because there is no processing that really needs to happen. Exactly. You know, it's just instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And music, yeah. music is a, it's the universal language. It's the one thing that mm-hmm. everybody understands. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it, Right. It's a tonal vocabulary mm-hmm. that uh, it's on a whole other level. Yeah. And people just... They just don't always, you know, make those connections. But people are beginning to make that that that, that connection mm-hmm. and bringing that in. That's why you see so many people offering group sound mm-hmm. healing sessions, sound, sound. You know, come and get bathed in the gongs and yeah. mm-hmm. do these different things. And um, and and then of course with with music and with bands like um, Spangl that are doing very intentionally created works of art mm-hmm. that are assisting people to getting into the other, these other states of yeah, awareness. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, what do you see, you know, as, as so far at this, just in this moment uh, of where everything has gone for you, the most important thing that we on this side of the veil, if you will, as human beings, how can we strengthen the relationship that we have with fairyland with the fae just simply an interest in them and a love for them and a belief in them is one of the most powerful things that exists i think that that's why it's always been said that children can access these realms more easily and everything because they automatically have that and it's taken away from us and people make us feel that imagination is something that is um just something that you just kind of have to to kind of have a fantasy world or that it's not real. And I think that if people understood mm-hmm. that imagination is actually a form of clairvoyance and that you can mm-hmm. tune into it and actually look at what's appearing in your mind and ask yourself, why, why is this face or why is this vision of something? Why did that come into my head just now? Where is that from? Mm-hmm. And you try and discover its origins and where it actually came from. You will gradually intensify your visions and be able to see things much, much clearer. And then you'll see that everything that you thought was imagination was was really a magical power for you to to tap into and to that that's the key to remote viewing and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, truly. Okay, so we got to ask you, do you have particular stones and crystals that you like to work with um, either in your daily practice or that are a part of your life? Yeah. That are meaningful? Yeah. And what are they? Um, amethyst is my favorite, my favorite mm. crystal because it's my birthstone for one thing, but I didn't know it was my birthstone actually before I decided it was my favorite. I, I actually went to a crystal store. I didn't really get into crystals until maybe five or six years ago. And, and I, I just, um, I went into a crystal store and I was getting some crystals that I'd been recommended to get in a dream. Um, and you got to do it. Love it. You, have you to get do the it. recommendations in the dream state. You just have to go do <laughs> it. Yeah. And that was like black onyx that they were telling me to get. And, mm. and I found that it's a very mysterious stone because, um, mm-hmm. they, I believe that each of them carry their own spirits and uh mm-hmm. and you can kind of invoke them and and you can you can almost have a relationship with these spirits in the stones 
and it's almost like a genie of some sort that you can keep in the stone. <laughs> and they, I mean, when you look it up, there's there's some cultures that believe that the spirit that the that the stone black onyx has a has a demon inside of it that will that will come out and create nightmares. And then other cultures believe that there's a spirit inside of it that comes to take away nightmares and protect you from demons. So it's like this very <laughs> contradictory stone where a lot of people think, well, there's a spirit in it. And then it's also a protect protection against spirits. So it's like very weird. So I thought I would just get it and see for myself. And I, I found it to be a very mm -hmm. positive thing and it helped me to really connect to, um, to spirits and another, wow. okay. So then, so, so I kind of went off on a tangent. Then, then what happened? I went to get that mm -hmm. stone and I had extra, I gave them more money than, than what the crystal was worth. And I said to them to keep that money. And then as a, as a, a thank you for that, they, they pulled out a kind of little secret box that they had. And then they said, you know, pick one of these crystals, you know, for yourself, whichever one calls to you. And I picked out the smallest one, which turned out to be an amethyst, which I didn't even know at the time. And that tiny little crystal was the most powerful and calming thing that I had Aww. had. And it was, and, and it just made me really, really fall in love with Amethyst a lot. But as far as connecting to the spirit realm, there's a great stone. Again, when they're small, they're still really powerful as small stones. Merlinite is absolutely incredible. Oh. When you pick it up and hold it, which I only discovered, I think like last year, I found some mm -hmm. in a, at a crystal show and like you, you pick it up and instantly you feel electricity just zapping through your hand and, and you start seeing in between lines, you look around and you can start seeing like energy lines everywhere and just like, just weird sort of zap, zapping energies everywhere. I guess that, I don't know why, mm -hmm. that, maybe that's why it's called Merlinite being like a wizard, but I don't know. It's just, it's very, very, very powerful to experience. And um, I also love rose quartz and I think calcite crystals have helped a lot to connect to the fairies as well. Mm, I love calcite. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Calcite has a very divine feminine. Yeah. To very. me, the calcite family is like the divine feminine counterpart to the quartz family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know? Which is very... It, it kind of like, um, we always look at it like quartz feels like it's more like linear and direct and strong and and, mm -hmm. and um, just kind of cuts to the chase. And then calcite kind of like assists you, mm -hmm. in my perception, by kind of uh, taking its time to illuminate the root of everything that's happening kind of exactly. from within. Yeah. And then you can have the awareness yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Calcites are very, they're very gentle. And they're they very gentle. Very, very receptive. And yet they're very powerful. Great descriptions. <laughs> I love it. Powerful mm -hmm. for like, po for real permanent yes. change. Exactly. Not that quartz isn't. No. You're right. It's a very permanent type of thing. If you have one, like different colors to represent each sort of mm -hmm. quarter of fairyland and things like that, that can be very powerful to just really tune in and connect. Well, you've given us some excellent ideas. <laughs> some yeah. grids. Yeah. Of we make all cause... kinds of grids for connecting mm -hmm. with other dimensional mm -hmm. realms and beings. Would you have any suggestions for which colors, for which uh... quadrants? 
Yeah. I know Fairyland's all about north, south, east, Exactly, and west. it is. Yeah. It, I, I sent you that yeah. book, The Mystery of the Primrose, right? I think there's like a. Yes. I think there, there's a section in somewhere near their start where there's like there's written out like the directions the teacher in each land and things like that and there's also a okay. color for each one of those Ooh. so i think if okay, then we would we'll correspond that yeah and if you look at yeah. those colors then they they probably okay. are good and if you put it in the i don't know if you've seen like the fairyland emblem that i channeled back here mm-hmm. which and mm-hmm. and yes. so there's that very like diamond like kind of shape it's not like uh-huh. a proper diamond but i saw mm-hmm. that depicted in the star it looks like, like a kite yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a kite. So if you put them in that kind of shape as well, that can be, okay. that can be like around your wow. body, and you're sort of center. You're oh. you're sitting in the center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done and done. <laughs> put one all all around our 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 cottage here. Mm-hmm. And our and if you're exactly. if you're also holding a like a red stone, while you do that mm-hmm. too, that's that's great because there is that fifth central secret city which is in the center of it all which is really mm-hmm. where where you are you become that and that's the heart space that's where you mm-hmm. enter and exit from mm, that's so beautiful i love it there's another stone that i would love for you to look into mm-hmm. if you can dravite which is dravite. champagne tourmaline okay it's like a, it's, it's like a brown tourmaline okay and um when we were first starting our practice and we one of the exercises that we did was to find a stone that we had never we didn't know anything about at all had never seen it heard of it didn't know anything about it and we both had very what i would call earth elemental experiences and in fact on the third day um i was asleep and i was laying on my stomach and i like i was beginning to wake up and as i started to move i felt and i'm only going to describe this as like a a little i'm going to cuz my first thought was like a gnome a pixie but something with two legs because I could feel it like ran down my back down my leg and like jumped off oh my god wow like sprung off wow that's incredible <laughs> it was really incredible it was very incredible. it was really incredible and so of course you know I was like this stone is you know of course we find out you know once we were free from our experiment and yeah. we got to really look it up and dive into it but it's very much an earth elemental yeah connecting with the fae the fairy yeah. realms all the different you know earth elemental wow spirits that's a really Gaia. incredible thing to experience firsthand like that i kind of just pictured in my mind intuitively like this little being sitting just yeah. kind of observing me <laughs> or something yeah. uh-huh. and then i like scared, you opened the I door it. now you scared me off <laughs> but like feeling the feeling of it springing on off was uh-huh. so <laughs> memorable to me yeah <laughs> it's very tangible to even hear it, hear it described <laughs> <laughs> anyway but I would love just for you to work with it and, and let me yeah. know what you think let us know. I, I've never heard of it before so I've written it down thank you I'll definitely look into that it's a beautiful stone too mm-hmm. it's beautiful so cool. it's really pretty and it's grounding and it's great for your we recommend that a lot for when you're doing cool. sacral, chakra, sacral chakra work. Root chakra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. That's good. Yeah. Any it's 
it's a it's a wonderful mineral to to use and work i am really with. focused on those chakras right now so that is uh-huh. um that's good uh-huh. i will look into that well well good it'll be perfect for you it will be okay so so our listeners are going to want to like keep up with you and what you're doing and, and how you're doing anything it. you so, want to promote i would say definitely check out and subscribe to my youtube channel which is if you just search jeremy garner you probably will find the videos or we are going to have the link up oh, in our cool. show notes okay, so cool. everybody who's listening to this podcast is going to be able to go there and okay, cool. click on it and go directly to your yeah for Perfect. sure your youtube channel so there's also sure. if you are on facebook i also have a um I also have a group on there called Guide to Fairyland Courses, and that's kind of where there's real-time updates as I do release videos or as I come up with more information to to put out or if I do interviews with people or whatever, I'll always post things in that group. So that's a good way of like being directly in touch with with that whole group that's happening there. And if you want to hear my music, then that's jeremygarnermusic.bandcamp.com and that has about 43 albums on there right now over the span of more than 10 years of recording music and there's a lot of stuff on there that a lot of people that are focused on just spiritual things or the light will not enjoy because there's a lot of darker stuff on there as well but it's just there's a good balance there so it's like if you if you are looking for something you will probably find it if you search for long enough because there's just every kind of genre <laughs> that you can imagine there and the lost enchanters one and two are the albums um that i have brought back directly from fairyland both of those albums okay. all of the songs were written by fairies and then i just recorded them as as i was able to um remember them <laughs> wow that's incredible though just to be able to come back and be able to Remember the music yeah. to record it, to make it. Yeah. It's hard and it doesn't sound as good, but it's... it's... We need some sort of an interdimensional translating. We need an yes. interdimensional auto-tuner. It's true. <laughs> but the, That's what we need. But the fairies have actually... <laughs> like a compression and... Yeah, exactly. They've, help, they've helped me when I'm, when I'm recording it. They are there helping me. So they guide me and help Aww. me to remember. Of course they are. Oh, that's I, sweet. I've seen white orbs flying around, you know, mm. like in the room while I've been recording. There's a song on the first album, mm. Lost in China's, where mm. it's called Secret Melodies. And while I was recording that, there were these white orbs just darting and flashing around <laughs> the room the whole time. So it's like they're very infused with magic. And when you l- listen to them out loud, they do help to invoke fairies into your space. You, your music needs to be shared. And yes, we all... We're dynamic and multifaceted beings, and so yeah. everything isn't going to be just I like... I love all of your exploration. I do, too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're you. all all these things. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I mean, mm-hmm. we're all all these things. We are. And, and embracing yeah. that is in our totality is really the, 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 the challenge that sets before us, right? Exactly. As a collective of humanity right now, so mm-hmm. we need to love all parts of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Unconditionally. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And we sure love all parts of you. So mm-hmm. um, we do. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, I, thank you is just such a, <laughs> it's just so small, you know. I understand I, and feel I, it. And I feel the same gratitude to both of you. I'm very <laughs> grateful. This has been a very wonderful conversation. 
Well, yeah, it's it's been one that I definitely am going to go back and listen to multiple times and I'm sure glean mm-hmm. more insights from, which is always fun. And, and mm-hmm. anyway, we just love you. We we are here supporting you every step of the way. Thank just you with, so much. Love you know. to both of you as well. Thank you, Jeremy. We love Thank you. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jeremy. That's all I could say. I know. Yeah. And you're welcome, everybody. You got a great, (laughs) amazing, insightful, illuminating conversation with our beloved Jeremy Garner. I'm hoping that as some people were listening to that, maybe they were having their own remembrance of connection with the Fey realm. Oh, yes. So if you are triggered, and you're having like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what he's talking about, or I've had this dream, or this happened to me when I was meditating, or I was outside, whatever. Go to Jeremy's YouTube channel, which will have the link on, on, on the show, and check out that series, The Guide to Fairyland, and do it. Because even if you're not feeling guided by that, 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 that whole series is perfect for mm-hmm. anybody who wants to be connecting with nature. I would say just or connecting with any dimensional being, right? Or connecting with yourself. Exactly. Cause that's where it all starts. It has to. Well, you know, we love you guys and are grateful and our hearts are always full of love and gratitude for each and every one of you for listening. And you elevate us and, and, and fill us up with lo- your love. And we are always appreciative of your subscribing because it's important. Your sharing because let's spread this. Let's spread it out. Let's, mm-hmm. let's spread, spread this love and awareness out into the world. And your reviews. Yeah, and thank you guys, because every time that we have an idea for a podcast, we get so excited and we get to do our own further research and uh, explorations and, and have all these cool conversations. And then we reach out to all these cool people and it's just a win, win, win all the way around for everybody. And it's yeah, it's beautiful. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And if you haven't already, um, we have created our own Be The Light Podcast Instagram account. So you can find us at Be The Light Podcast on Instagram and keep up with the show. And we'll have all kinds of fun things on there for you to see. Production assistance for the Be The Light Podcast is provided by Freak Lab. Our amazing theme music was lovingly created by Frequency Jones. Visit our website, bethelightrocks.com. We'll connect again wherever you are and whenever you are. Bye.